You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. All on my own today, on a day that there actually is some pretty big news in relation to the Bucks and what is coming up for them next in LA today. I'm going to get to that in just a little bit, but before I do, today's podcast is brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at the checkout. So as I just said, I am here on my own today. And as I will do when I'm by myself, I'll, I'll right off the top, I'll just touch on a few things that are, that are happening with the podcast and get that out of the way when I don't have someone else waiting on the line with me so the first thing is is the sound and I, I did touch on the sound last week we're a week into me getting some new equipment here i've been tinkering with that a little bit thank you again to everyone for pointing that out to me hopefully uh i'm sounding a, a little bit better than i was for the first two weeks after i took over from eric on the podcast so yeah don't don't be afraid to continue to reach out if there's any concerns there but uh hopefully we are on the right track and it, it was funny i i don't actually listen to the podcast back and one because i don't really like listening to myself talk and i don't really know like why is that a thing because when i was starting to get some comments that the you know that my audio was really bad i wasn't actually aware of that i would listen to the podcast and edit it but certainly when I, when I put it on in the car, it was a, a lot worse than what I thought it was. So uh, when I put it on the car last week, just to see how things are sounding naturally, I heard myself talking and I was like, damn, do I really, do I really sound like that? Is that how I sound? That sucks. And I, I just was thinking about that, that I don't know what it is. I don't know why the reason is for that, that you spend your whole life talking. And then for me in particular, this whole podcast, uh, radio thing is very new for me. I, the first time I ever went on radio was was after I moved to Milwaukee. So it's been less than a year uh, since I started doing this type of thing. Um, so I guess I'd never really had to listen to myself back. And it's not something I enjoy. I don't think that's the thing that, that most people enjoy. I don't know why that is. But hopefully for you guys, uh, I am coming through a little bit clearer uh, over the last few days. And we're going to keep just trying to make that better. So Hopefully, there's been some improvements, as I said. Secondly, as I said right from the top when I, when I took over, if there's any suggestions about the podcast, feel free to reach out. And I had a number of people, a surprising number of people, actually reach out to me and say, well, what's the deal with the intro music? Because uh, Own the Future, obviously, was the, the catch cry of the Bucks going back now for quite a while, a few years ago when the Bucks were genuinely a young team and looking to make their mark in the East. And obviously a great 
intro music theme song that we have. But I, I did have a bunch of people uh, reach out to me, as I said. So I have spoke with the man, Danny Smith, Danny underscore shred on Twitter. There is something in the works. So we're going to get something updated there. Uh, Danny was the one that originally came up with the theme music well before I was a part of this podcast. So uh, it, w- it was the number one thing for me. If we're going to change the intro music, Danny is going to be involved. He's a busy man, but that is going to be in the pipeline. And lastly, I was set the challenge by Frank when I first took over to, to look at, at getting some guests. And, and I know that Frank sort of said, well, they didn't have a lot of guests in the past. Friday, we've got someone on that I think Bucks fans are going to want to hear. And we're going to get through this Clippers game first. But for Friday's episode, just putting it out there, there's going to be someone on that I think everyone will want to hear. I'll leave it at that, just a little tease uh, for you guys. But yeah, Friday's episode is going to be fun. That will be one that I think people will want to listen to. Now, as I said, there's some news right off the top. And this was... uh, Maybe it, it shouldn't have been as, as surprising as, as what it, it probably was to a bunch of people, but Kawhi Leonard, it's just been announced, this has happened in the last couple of hours, Kawhi Leonard is not going to play tonight against the Bucks. Load management, the, the key word, the word that is the buzzword around the NBA with all the star players, it's come up again, Kawhi Leonard is not playing against the Bucks tonight. As I said, maybe this should not have been as big a surprise as what it, uh, I guess, was. And, and maybe that was just the fact that I was so excited to see this matchup that overshadowed, uh, you know, the fact that this probably should have been something that, was, that was, has been flagged for a while. Uh, Kawhi Leonard did not play in a back-to-back last season at all, unless, I, unless I'm mistaken. I don't think he played in one back-to-back for the entire season. Only played 60 games for the Raptors last year. So there's going to be something that teams are going to look after him. And we know the season before in San Antonio, uh, clearly there was there was a bunch of stuff going on there, but Kawhi Leonard only played in nine games due to that uh, quad strain that he had. So, uh, you know, the, the, the proof is in what we saw last year in Toronto. As I said, 60 games for Kawhi Leonard. But the important thing was that they got him through to the playoffs. And then once they got to the playoffs, the results speak for themselves. And for this Clippers team, that's got off to a, a, a pretty strong start uh, as it is. This is now going to be the second game that uh, Kawhi uh, is going to, to miss on the season. So they have the Blazers one day after uh, they play the Bucks, And, you know, it's interesting when you, when you look at the importance of this game with Milwaukee and then compare it to what it might mean uh, when you're playing a Portland Trailblazers team, it makes a lot of sense that they're resting in for the Bucks game because ultimately when you look at the standings and, and how things are going to shake out in the West where it looks like the West is going to be as crazy as what we thought it was going to be. Now, admittedly, the Blazers have got off to a, a, pretty, a pretty slow start. I mean, they lose to the Golden State Warriors, uh, essentially a, a G League roster out there. Shout out to... Uh, Pascal, 36 points, 13 rebounds. He is proving to be a, a, a bargain pick. I, th- I think he was 40, pick 42 off the top of my head for the Warriors. So, you know, either way, that's a, that's a surprising loss for the Blazers. And now, if you're the Clippers, this is potentially a team that you're battling for seeding late in the year. And I would suggest that the, 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 uh, sorry, the 
Clippers are going to be higher than the Blazers in the standings anyway. But again, if, you, if you've got to pick and choose and you're only going to pay, play Kawhi Leonard in one of those games, then it makes sense that it would be the conference rival that he plays in. So as I said, disappointing. From the, from the basketball aspect, I really wanted to see Giannis get a chance at Kawhi. Obviously, we know the history there with the conference finals. This game, ultimately, the winner or loser wasn't really going to mean a lot, but I wanted to see Giannis challenged by Kawhi. I wanted to see how this Clippers team was going to be able to defend Giannis because we all know, we watched the conference finals last year. This was not a one-man job. It's not like Kawhi slowed down Giannis. And I use the word slow down with air quotes here, but it's not like Kawhi slowed down Giannis on his own. This was a group effort by the Raptors and you think Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam. I mean, this was three or four guys attempting to slow one man down. So I wanted to see what the Clippers were going to do. Uh, I wanted to see Giannis put Kawhi on, uh, under pressure. And, and uh, on the flip side of that, I wanted to see the Bucks challenged on the road. Uh, we saw them have a, a nice road win against the Rockets on opening night. That was a whole lot of fun. But, you know, we've, we've watched the Rockets over the last few weeks and they haven't looked great. So this, for me, when we've seen Giannis get back to his MVP level best these last uh, couple of few games... And the Bucs themselves looking more like the Bucs, scoring inside, looking like the team that won a bunch of regular season games last year. I wanted to see the Bucs challenged on the road against a really good Clippers team, admittedly still without Paul George, but I wanted to see them challenged. So, you know, from a basketball fan point of view, obviously disappointing that uh, Kawhi is out, but this now becomes a must-win game. I mean, there's no excuses now for the Bucks, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you talk about uh, the seedings out west with the Clippers and maybe what they're looking to with the Blazers. I mean, for the Bucks, at the end of the season, you don't know how tight it's going to be. We expect the Sixers are going to be up there. Funnily enough, the Sixers drop a game to the Phoenix Suns, their first loss of the season as the Suns continue to be a team, as they were last year for the Bucks, that somehow surprisingly just beat teams. And they did that yesterday or a couple of days ago now as you're listening here uh, to, to beat the Sixers. So the NBA is a funny league. Any team can beat any team on any given night. And these types of games, we've already spoke about the Bucks maybe not taking advantage of, of some of the games they should have when you think about Miami without Jimmy Butler, Boston without Jalen uh, Brown. These are the type of ones that you just can't lose now. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, this game and how it plays out. At this point, at the time of recording, there's no injuries for the Bucks. They look like they're going to be good to go at the start of a road trip that includes, uh, or the continuation of the road trip, I should say, but they head out west and it starts with the Clippers and then the Jazz and then they'll have the Oklahoma City Thunder as well. This is a tough little road trip. So although it's disappointing to not be able to get that early season marquee Giannis v Kawhi matchup, you take advantage of the hand that's given to you and you go ahead and you take care of business on the road against the Clippers and, and move on to Utah. And that has to be now the mindset for this Bucks team. Uh, they just need to go in there and win against a team that is really, really shorthanded now. So, uh, yeah, as I said, a little bit disappointing, perhaps, in, in some respects. But on the other hand, if you're the Bucks, you take it. You go into Staples Center and you get a win. Remember, this is the only time the Bucks are going to be taking on the Clippers in uh, LA so if you get a, a free pass here to, to pick up a win you do it because that's not going to be an easy building to play either of the LA teams 
and you never know. This might be the last time the Bucks are there until June to, to play uh, the Clippers. So, as I said, take advantage of that. And just one little last note on the Kawhi news. Uh, December 6th in Milwaukee, that's a Friday night. I did tweet out, you know, I mean... You guys know, uh, you've, you've heard, you've listened. Uh, uh, the dates at the moment are throwing me right off. Last season, I was in Milwaukee. It was easy for me to figure out. I've moved back to Australia, and I just keep messing it up. But it is the 6th. It's a Friday night in Milwaukee. Clippers come to town. They come to Fiserv Forum, and that is not a back-to-back for the Clippers. So, providing everyone is healthy, you would expect that you are still going to get a chance to see Kawhi Leonard and probably Paul George at, the, that, at this point. We haven't got any update yet, but probably Paul George as well. So that's going to be something uh, to keep an eye on there, December 6th, Friday night at Fireserve Forum. You know what my favorite part about this time of year is? Sweater weather. Leaves on the ground and threes from downtown. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. And for me, it's actually summer, so I'd just ignore this. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, then try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, the next thing I want to move on to and I, it's kind of funny that this came up and because when I was talking to Frank on yesterday's episode, I mentioned towards the back end of the podcast that there hasn't been a lot of talk about Chris Middleton. And this is kind of interesting because it's, you know, for a guy that, that we spent so much time debating and discussing last season, he sort of come into this year and, and just, sort of accumulated stats and gone under the radar. Hasn't really done anything too crazy in terms of uh, highlights. But again, when you sit back and and think about Chris Middleton, that's what he is, right? I mean, that's what he does. He's always been that. He's a guy that just fits in, knocks down shots. You look at the end of the night and you're like, hmm, wow, Chris Middleton had 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 a pretty decent night. And I would say that and this might be a, a a bad thing for him in terms of the the, the crowd reaction or the, or the fan reaction, internet reaction, whatever you want to say. But he's definitely a guy that his bad stands out more than he's good. <laughs> and what I mean by that is if Chris Middleton has a really bad night, it's like it's very noticeable that he has a bad night. But if Chris Middleton has 26 points, uh, sort of six rebounds as he did against the T-Wolves, you can sort of just look at the box score at the end of the night and say, wow, that was, a, that was a really nice game for Chris Middleton. I didn't really notice that. And certainly that is part of the Chris Middleton deal that I, I think bothers fans because generally, and, and I don't want to touch on the contract too much, but generally 
with a guy that's got a contract like that, I mean, they're your standout stars, right? They're the guys that are the highlight reel players. They're the guys that everyone comes to watch. They're the guys that are noticeably, noticeably making big plays right throughout the game. And that's not generally what Chris Middleton does. But through seven games of the season, Chris Middleton is averaging 19.4 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 3.1 assists. Shooting percentages of 51, 41, and 85. So regardless of how you feel about Chris Middleton, you have to say at this point, you look at the numbers and they're very, very good. And I, I tweeted this out last night. And this was based on an entire season's body of work. So, you know, clearly we're talking about seven games here for Chris Milton. I wouldn't imagine that, that these aren't numbers that, that Chris can't maintain. Yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether he can, he can stay above 50% from the field. But sure, certainly the other numbers, you look at 40% from three, 85% from the free throw line. Certainly attainable marks for Chris. And I think the points at, at around 19 is what we sort of discussed at the start of the season is what we expected from him. But when you look at players that average those uh, marks that, that Chris is at, so I'm talking 19, 5, and 3 on 40% plus from three across the entire season last year, there was only three guys that did it. Carl anthony Towns, Steph Curry, and Kyrie Irving. So, again, as I said, seven games. I understand that's a super small sample size, but yeah, you're looking at a guy that, that got paid in the summer, went and played with Team USA, the question mark always with Chris is that it feels like he needs to play himself into shape. And you could certainly argue right now that he doesn't look like he's at his absolute best in terms of moving around the court and mobility. But, but when does Chris Milton ever impress you with, with that kind of stuff? I mean, he, he just doesn't. That's not who he is. But when you look at the stats, you have to say that those numbers, if he keeps that up, I mean, he's putting up numbers that just not a lot, a lot of guys do. That's, that's what he's doing out there. Now, I had a really good interaction with uh, someone that tweeted at me when I tweeted those stats. Uh, this Blair on Twitter at Blazer. I don't know if it's at Blazer18 or at Blazer18. First of all, he's Australian. So, he, he, you know, that's, that's, that's a bonus, first of all, for him. But he, he did point out and said, uh, so I'm just moving the goalposts a little bit here. Um, those numbers are really nice. But do they matter if he's not showing up in the playoffs? Now, straight up, first of all, no, they don't. So that's the answer to that. So, I mean, Chris can go through the season and average. He can, I don't care. I mean, he can average 25, 5, and 5 for the regular season on 40% shooting if he wants. But if he, if he doesn't produce in the playoffs, then no, I don't really care about that, which is why, uh, which is the exact conversation that we have about Eric Bledsoe. But again, you talk about Chris Middleton in, in the playoffs. Uh, he's played in 34 playoff games. He's averaging 17.9, 5.3, and 3.9. On 45% shooting from three, when you look up the numbers on basketball reference, and uh, I I did look up uh, those here. I've got these here. So since 2000, if you do a search on the the play index on on basketball reference, if if you look up guys that are averaging 17 points, five rebounds, three assists, on greater than 40% shooting from three in the postseason combined from, from 2000 onwards, there's only two guys that have done that. The third guy is Steve Francis. He only played five games. So, I mean, I guess there's three guys, but yeah, I mean, five games, one series. I'm not sure if I'm going to take that sample size, but there's two guys that have done this over a sustained period of time. 
One is Steph Curry, which is over an absolutely absurd 112 games, by the way. Just to just if anyone had any any question marks over Steph Curry's uh, playoff credentials, okay. I mean, this guy's just an absolute maniac. But Chris Melton is the other one. He's been a guy that's consistently been pretty good in the playoffs. And so that was where the conversation went. And then an even better point from Blair uh, after that was that he asked me, he said, even you can admit he's had some really high moments and then be like, he's not there at all. And I 100% agree with this. And I I think, you know, last year when when the contract discussions were up and, and clearly still to this point, the conversation surrounding Middleton is pretty volatile in terms of there's guys that either really like Middleton or there's guys that really... It's not that they don't like Middleton, but they believe that the contract was a mistake. They believe that it's too much for a player uh, of his uh, caliber. And then, and that is going to drive the story for them because he's not going to be a guy that can live up to that contract. I agree with that, first of all. Let's get that out in the air. But you know, one thing that I've always wondered about Chris Middleton is, and this is what I responded on, on Twitter, is that I'm totally fine if, if Chris Middleton has a game where he's two for 14 from the field. I mean... Yeah, I would prefer that those games don't happen, for sure. I mean, I, I, but, but it just does. I mean, that's what happens in the NBA. Guys have off nights shooting the ball. As long as Chris is getting the shots that are in his preferred areas, if, if he's getting good looks, if he has an off shooting night, I'll deal with it. What I don't like, and, and one of the things that I've always wondered with Chris, is why there's some games that he only gets up seven or eight shots. And it's always been something that I wondered about because I'm like, okay, how much of this is Chris Middleton not being that, I don't really like using the word alpha, but that alpha scorer, aggressive leader? And how much of this is the Bucks not looking for Chris Middleton anywhere near enough? And I think that the balance is somewhere in between there. And I want to point back to the Celtics game last week where the Bucks lose. It was very obvious early on that Chris Middleton had had it going on. I mean, his shot was looking good. He was playing the Celtics. This is what he does. He goes into TD Garden and he gets buckets. And I didn't think that the Bucks looked for him enough. And you think to that that sort of crazy basket in in the second quarter there, where the shot clock's running down, and he just like turns around and just throws something up, and it it's nothing but net. I was like, even as that was happening, I was like, why is that the shot that Chris Middleton has to get in this offense? Yeah, the Bucs were hitting a bunch of threes in, in that first half. Chris Middleton should have been getting more of the ball. In the third quarter, when that game completely fell apart, Chris Middleton only had two field goal attempts. He hit them both, by the way. But that's where the Bucs' huge halftime lead completely evaporated and they went in behind after three quarters. And that was the game. That third quarter changed that game. Chris Middleton comes out in the fourth quarter, hits a bunch of shots. But by that point, it was too late. The Celtics were rolling. And... That is the type of game that frustrates me. And again, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to know. You can like speculate and say, yeah, the Bucks didn't look for him enough. The offense became stagnant. No one was moving. That's when it becomes hard to score for Chris Middleton. And also Chris Middleton didn't demand the ball enough. When you go back to Team USA, this was the reason why I never really believed that he was going to have a huge summer with Team USA because in that bunch of a group of players, even a Team USA squad that was not full of your typical leaders. Chris Middleton still did not stand out as a guy that's going to grab uh, an offense and say, give me the damn ball, I'm going to shoot. And sometimes that's what the Bucs need. I think it needs to come from him. I think it needs to come from Bud as well. But that's something that I'm going to be looking through, uh, looking for during the season. 
It'll be interesting to see because that was one of the adjustments I was looking for over the summer when you look at the offense. Would the Bucks ride Giannis and Chris Middleton a little bit more when they're feeling it? We know Giannis has that in him and he just takes it and says, okay, this is my ball game. I know that I can beat this team single-handedly. I'm going to do it. Chris Middleton isn't really that guy. The Bucks need him to be in sometimes. And that's something I'm going to look for. But the Chris Middleton debate is going to continue. And the, the important thing to note is, and I'm, again, I'm totally fine with this. If, if, if you just cannot come to the point where you are able to come to terms with the fact that the Bucks paid him that much money, uh, then, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard for Chris to get to, to that level. To some extent, I think Bledsoe is in the same category, even though you're talking double the money for Chris. But, yeah, that's why these conversations are going to continue to seem like you're either on one side or the other. I certainly get both sides of the argument. I think that Chris Milton had a great start to the season and the Bucks are going to need him to keep playing this way if they were going to keep winning games. All right, now we have touched on the Chris Milton thing that yeah, I mean, we just hadn't spoke about him enough. I thought we needed to, to get that out of the way. So I've done that here. Before I get into the Clipper stuff a little bit, uh, I can see there's some college basketball in, in the background. And there's been some fun interaction on Twitter today for, for mine. I, I tweeted out that I wasn't sure whether this was a popular or unpopular opinion. I kind of had the feeling that it was going to be more unpopular than what it probably became and and the reason for that is just because how many of my followers are you know from wisconsin or (laughs) or or milwaukee or or whatever you know in in that area so i just don't enjoy college sports and i i will admit i said this that the reason i don't enjoy it is because i didn't go to a u.s college and and i think that and not that you, you need to have to enjoy college sports but for mine, I, I look at college basketball and I see a bunch and a bunch of friends that I made. Like they love college basketball, but they also are rabid supporters of the school that they went to. So, you know, I think that's the distinguishing factor as to why I, I don't enjoy it. I have no affiliation with any team. And don't get me wrong, I'm super jealous about that. I wish that I could like support a school and and have that sort of connection with with a, a group of fans and, and a group of players and that sort of stuff. It seems like incredible. And I think that that, when I look at American sports, above all else, that is the thing that the world outside of America probably lacks in, in terms of sport is having that in, incredible atmosphere and incredible fun with sports because that's what college basketball seems to me. It seems like a fun environment to be in. When I watch the games though, I don't get any enjoyment out of it. And if I have the choice of watching maybe one or two future NBA players on the court compared to an NBA game that's actually on full of NBA players, I'm going to choose the NBA game. So that is what I was getting at with the college sports thing. I like the passion though. I like how how passionate people get about uh, college sports. That's why I said, that's why I'm jealous about that. But I just wanted to clear my name there from, uh, from some people that, that uh, like I said, get pretty fired up about the college sports. But on to tonight's game against the Clippers. Uh, I just want to look at a few things that we may see now with Kawhi Leonard out of the lineup. Interestingly enough, the Clippers have already had a game without Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. That was against the Utah Jazz. 
uh, a game that they lost pretty handily. They lose 110 to 96. Kawhi sits that game. And the notable thing from this, you may wonder who's going to come into the starting lineup with Kawhi Leonard out. On that night, it was Lou Williams, the microwave scorer off the bench, the best second unit scorer in the game. Lou Williams came into the starting lineup. He played 27 minutes, did what he did, scored points. 24 points, four assists on the night, nine for 17 shooting, an efficient scoring night for Lou. But it does take a lot away from the second unit. So that will be something that will be interesting to watch for mine, whether we see Lou come into the starting lineup. Because uh, if he does, uh, I, I kind of like the Bucks' ability to take advantage of all of a sudden a, a not-so-deep Clippers team. Once you take, obviously, two MVP caliber players out in Kawhi and Paul George, Montrez Harrell is the guy off the bench that you're going to continue to watch. He's the second part of the dynamic duo off the bench for the Clippers. But I think defensively, this is where the Bucs can really get a hold of this team. Some interesting numbers to look at when you look at the Clippers. They don't really shoot a lot of threes. Doc Rivers... uh, Kind of an old school coach. And it was funny to watch that uh, Clippers-Spurs game last week where Kawhi Leonard goes off for 38 points, dominates the game from start to finish. But you know, both teams combined for under 53-point attempts. And when you compare that to uh, the Bucks and, and Rockets on, on opening night, they combined for 94 three-point attempts. So it just gives you a bit of a look of the different philosophies between uh, these two teams. The Clippers... At the moment, they rank, they're, they're right down for, for three-point attempts uh, per game. They rank 25th. They're getting 29.9 up per game. So this is where it's going to be really interesting uh, to watch how this game plays out because you might think, okay, well the, well, the Clippers aren't shooting a bunch of threes. They might be scoring inside. Again, not necessarily the case. The Clippers actually rank 13th for points in the paint at 48.9 per game. They're actually below the Bucks for points in the paint. And remember... Milwaukee got off to such a slow start scoring inside. They were doing all their work from the perimeter. So Clippers aren't a team that's necessarily going to dominate you inside. Again, teams don't do that against the Bucs. So that is interesting. Are the Clippers going to be forced into jacking up a bunch of threes if the Bucs close off the paint? Or are they going to continue to work in the mid-range? It should not surprise you that this Clippers team gets up a whole bunch of mid-range shots when you consider that Kawhi Leonard is the leader of the offense. But that is something to watch coming into this game. We know the Bucks' defense has just been starting to figure out a little bit uh, their identity on that end. They're giving up a bunch of three-point attempts. So do they coax the Clippers into shooting a whole heap of threes? I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting to watch. As far as production for the Clippers without Kawhi, we already spoke uh, about Lou Williams. He's averaging over 20 points per game, but Kawhi Leonard through the, through uh, his six games in the season so far, 29.3, uh, 29.3 points per game and 5.7 assists. This is a guy that if you wanted to look at you know, holes in his game or things he needed to work at, those assist numbers were never up there. So he's all of a sudden found a way to become this dynamic passer with the ball, create offense off the dribble, really taken a step in his game, which is kind of hard to believe when uh, you consider already how good he was, the fact that he's 28 years old. But that'll be something to watch for this Clippers team because uh, outside of that, again, Lou Williams, he does a lot of the scoring, 4.7 assists. Outside of that, the assist numbers aren't impressive. They don't move the ball a lot. 
Patrick Beverly as your starting point guard. He's only averaging 3.1 assists per game. So I think the Clippers are going to have a real hard time scoring the ball in this one. Probably a big reason why they, they haven't shot a lot of threes is that they're really not shooting it well. Landry Shamit, starting at guard, the 22-year-old. Uh, he's only shooting 31.7% from three. Lou Williams himself is down at 32. And Patrick Beverly is down at a disastrous 13% from three. So, yeah, this Clippers team, when you take Kawhi away, uh, they're going to struggle offensively. So uh, this is a game that, again, I mentioned it right off the top when I first said that Kawhi is out. This is one that the Bucks really need to look at uh, taking a hold of defensively getting the ball off the rim and starting their transition, getting the ball to Giannis because, uh, again, as I said, without Leonard there defensively, that's the guy that they're going to put on Giannis. That's the guy that uh, they're going to look to stop him. And if the fossil of Patrick Patterson is still starting in this team, which I don't really see who else they can throw in there, I think that this has all the hallmarks of a, of a game that the Bucs can, can take an early lead, shake off that LA nightlife from the night before, and run away with this one and, and, and put a win in the bank. Either way you look at it, without uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, this is a game that the Bucks cannot afford to let slip as they look for a four-game winning streak and move to 6-2 and two on the season. So as I look to wrap this thing up, I, uh, I will remind you that today's podcast was brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at endochino.com when entering Locked On at the checkout. So I feel like you guys actually had a little bit of practice for the, for the, for the late West Coast start, if you are on, on Central Time, that is. Uh, Tip-off, obviously, an hour late in Minnesota with Basketgate, but... This one is a 9 p.m. tip-off uh, tip off in, in, on the West Coast at Staples Center. So I will be back after the game to wrap that one up. And I would imagine now without Kawhi Leonard, there might be a bunch of you guys that say, you know what, I'm going to work the next day. I, I don't know if I'm going to stay up to that one. We will have a recap for you guys after that game. As usual, Locked on Bucks will be there for your morning commute. but. Uh, for me, I get the benefit of that game being a 2 p.m. tip-off. It's a nice little mid-afternoon start for me. That, that one will take me right through till, I'd say, 5 or 6 o'clock uh, record over here. So it's not too bad on, on, on my end. But some unexpected news today. We were not expecting the, the Kawhi Leonard news uh, for him to be out of this game. We were looking forward to it. But either way... The Bucks now have another opportunity to take a little bit of an advantage of, uh, of a team that's shorthanded. So thanks for listening to me go solo again. As I told you guys, I try to keep the solo pods down, but feel free to reach out with anything you want to hear, anything else you want added to the podcast, any other suggestions. We take them all on board here and just try to bring you the pod that you want to hear. So feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Kane Pittman. As I said, the Bucks in LA, 9 p.m. tip-off against the Clippers, looking to move to 6-2 to on the season. And I will be back tomorrow to wrap that thing up. <laughs>